It's time again for the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective. The Coaching Perspective with Master Certified Business Coach, Doug DeFeller. Hey, Doug. Hey, Paul. Glad to be with you here in studio today. And welcome to today's episode of the Coaching Perspective radio show. I'm a Master Certified Coach by the International Coach Federation, and I've been coaching leaders and their teams for almost 22 years now, helping them to clarify their objectives and reach their goals. And if you'd like to know more about my coaching services, just go to the website, thecoachingperspective.com. Well, we have an interesting guest for you today. It's Tina DiPayne. She has spent her career as a team builder, facilitator, and customer satisfaction subject matter expert. She helps others to build better relationships in their personal and business life. She says if your business results are a direct result of what your employees deliver and they're not getting the job done, I can help you. She starts out with the DISC personal profile so managers and employees can understand how they, their differences lead to the dynamics we face every day in our communication. She says when you understand yourself, you can begin to understand the people around you and their differences. And those differences cause conflict unless you understand and unless you're aware of how to manage those different personalities. And then it really pays off. Well, Tina is a seasoned trainer with over 25 years of experience. As a corporate trainer for Xerox, she traveled from coast to coast to assess, train, and inspire 19 customer service call centers. She'll tell us more about that. She's trained over 1,000 managers and their teams. And in her role as a trainer, she was instrumental in the certification of the prestigious National Malcolm Baldridge Award for Total Quality Management and Customer Service. Woo, that's a mouthful, <laughs> but she'll explain it. Tina was awarded the President's Club three times, and this award was given to individuals who had played a major role in the transformation of the corporate culture in becoming a total quality management machine. Today, she educates executives and managers on how to identify, address, and resolve costly relationship issues. And her goal for every client is to achieve new heights of success they never before would have thought possible. Welcome to the Coaching Perspective radio show, Tina. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here, especially <laughs> as you get ready to embark on a new career. And we're yes. going to talk about that. That's, yes. <laughs> we're glad you considered us to launch forward. Well, look, before you talk about what you're going to be doing, tell us a little bit more about your background. Would okay. You? Well, I come from a corporate background. As you mentioned, I worked for Xerox as a trainer for 20 years. And my role in that was to uh, prepare 19 customer service support call centers for the uh, Malcolm Baldridge certification. Now, what that meant was that any person in any one of the centers could be approached by an outside examiner and ask any question. And if they answer the question correctly, then you get, you know, they're ready to go and, and you get your, your certification, basically. So I, that's what I did is I went from, uh, you know, coast to coast, 19 centers is a lot. I yeah. trained the managers and then I helped the managers train their people. And then I facilitated the uh, development of groups and uh, because, you know, a, long, a large part of TQM is having, being able to have groups um, that work together. And when you have when you have groups that work together, and I've seen it, it's just it's 
it's like a well-oiled machine. It's very exciting to watch. But they don't just get there when you put them together. It's not a natural thing. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And just by putting them in the same room together, you are creating conflict. So as a manager, you need to understand how to work through and manage those multiple personalities. Because that's my... Um, my tag, basically, is managing multiple personalities. It's kind of a, a play on, um, you know, the, the fact that everybody's different. There's a lot of uh, diversity in the workforce, and we need to work towards that. When you say multiple personalities, it's not a Sybil-like thing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a group of people. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an attention getter. That's really all it is, is because, uh, you know, people, the minute I say managing multiple personalities, they're like, are you a psychiatrist? <laughs> and I, I'm like, no, no. Well, let me go back for a minute to the Malcolm Baldridge Award because you talked to me about it and I wasn't that familiar. And so when these examiners come in, I'm not clear. Maybe the audience isn't either. What kind of, what are they asking? What What is the training that you had to do around what area? So okay. that, you know, are the examiners just asking, you know, well, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> well, what they are looking for when they come in is to make sure that everybody is on the same page in terms of quality. And Xerox starting this started this in the early 80s. And it took them about five years, millions of dollars to change this corporate culture. And um, so when we... You know, when we went out for the, the Malcolm Baldridge Award, they have a, a template that has the six major categories that examiners are going to be looking and, and making sure that we have the approach, deployment, and result. So we, we know how we're going to, we have to be able to tell them, this is how we get customer satisfaction, this is how we deploy our processes, and these are the results that okay. come. Okay, okay. So that's, and there's like 40, 49 subcomponents out of those six. I'm getting uh, a headache already. <laughs> <laughs> but at the, at the center of the universe is the customer. And then it, it starts at the top. Number one is leadership because leadership is absolutely vital for any company who's interested in becoming a total quality management machine. So this is about not just saying, hey, we're going to improve our quality. This is about actually creating a culture, as you put it, an environment, a system, processes uh, that measure and make sure everybody understands what we're doing to improve the quality, how we're going to get there, and how do we measure the results. Exactly. Is that close yes, to, that's so it. it's a Six Sigma for, for, <laughs> for people. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's a Six Sigma um, but less of the statistical analysis okay. of Six Sigma. It's more about the the people, behaviors, and processes. But yes, when I uh, when I learned about Six Sigma, I'm like, Xerox did that back in the 80s. <laughs> That's old news. <laughs> well, just because things uh, systems are old doesn't mean they didn't work. Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> Okay, so that's what you did in the past. So now tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, because that's kind of exciting for me. <laughs> it's exciting for me, too, um, because I want to work with um, executives um, and coach them and help them understand uh, how important building relationships is to their business. Because when you think of a business and a planning meeting, you know, they're going to come together. How are we going to uh, get results? What process are we going to put in place 
Um, but rarely, you know, it's the CEO or the CFO or the, the three C's basically mm -hmm. and the COO. And um, they basically want the results, you know, the profit, the revenue and so on and so forth. So that's what they plan for. But, uh, and this is a shocking statistic, $11 billion is spent annually or is lost annually on uh, employees leaving their companies. I can believe that. And the major reason that they're, they leave, that they say that they leave, is because of the atmosphere of hostile conflict and managers. So the first start is with the executives who need to assess the managers that they have right now to see if they're creating that culture that's going to allow everybody to participate in the process. So that's why I need to start with the executives, the, the C-levels, because it goes, you know, they have to be on top of it. They have to be saying, okay, there is going to be accountability for not, you know, developing these processes or working these processes that way. So, um, so that's what I want to do. My, my workshop is called Managing Multiple Personalities. And no, that's not a, a civil psycho <laughs> kind of thing. It's, um, it's the fact that there is so much diversity in the workforce. And we don't often plan for that diversity. I mean, a person who gets hired is expected to get along, right? Yes. There is no process or training in place to teach them how to work together. And so you have this conflict, you have communication issues, you have, you know, backstabbing and rumors and, and all of that kind of stuff you have in a company. But when you put the people together and you understand that you have four different types of personalities that you're working with and you are able to understand each one of those personalities and know how to manage those personalities. That's what I mean by multiple personalities. Okay, good. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you're uh, touching on a subject that uh, Susan Howington was here last week, and her topic was, uh, was um, why do some executives behave badly? <laughs> <laughs> and so you're, you're sort of from a different approach. It's interesting. You know, before we get into how you do this, which I find fascinating and, and I want to share, have you share it with the audience, tell us a little bit about how your experience in, with Xerox and in creating teams that work well together. How are you using that knowledge and that experience in creating your own business here today? Well, it's interesting. It started for me, it started with the uh, Six, Six, Six Sigma model. Okay. Um, and when I found out about the Six Sigma, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, Xerox did that way, way back in the, the 80s. Um, but employee retention is a huge problem. 95% of executives say that hanging on to, um, to good, talented people is very difficult. They find it very challenging. Sure. So, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's basically where we begin with the transferring the Malcolm Baldridge information into what I want to work on, which is team development, employee development, management development, and creating a culture that that works for all of the different types of people and how are you finding your skills and experience at working with teams how's that how are you using that 
to build your own business. Okay. Right, well, you know, because most entrepreneurs <laughs> go, well, I can't afford anything. I'm going to do it all myself. Yes. And it doesn't get done or it doesn't get done right. And But you've got, you sort of approach the business of being an entrepreneur with a team point of view. Exactly. Exactly. So. And one of my workshops is um, how to build a perfect team. And there is such thing as as a perfect team. I've seen it. I've seen it in action and it's just a beautiful thing to watch. But you can't you don't just go right there. So I start out by using the the disc personal profile, which I don't know, you know, how many people are aware of what that was, but I'm certainly I know that executives have gone through that and know what it is. Um, and and my first workshop is just understanding themselves. People are often the tool is so effective that people are often thrown off by how accurate it oh, is. I found it myself. <laughs> yeah. What, what I want to—I'm not asking this question right. What, what I'm curious about is, as an entrepreneur starting alone, not what you are doing that for your clients, but for yourself. Have you created a team to help build your business? Oh, absolutely. That—that that, I did go for a while trying to get my hands in everything and trying to make sure that everything, you know, was done, but I just got overwhelmed. And so now I have built a team of entrepreneurs around me that are subject matter experts in their area. And I work with them and, you know, we kind of help each other understand the different businesses. So as, as far as developing that team, um, I am not going through the traditional steps of what it takes to build a perfect team, but I am uh, using the talents of others. And as they come to work with me, um, I do the disc on them as well. Okay. Because, <laughs> Good. Because that gives me knowledge that nothing else that they could ever tell me would give me. There are graphs on the personal profile that show exactly who a person is, how they operate, how they are motivated, how they get angry, how they deal with work issues. I mean, it goes on and on. There are differences. So I did that with my team so that I could understand them and work more effectively because really it's all about understanding them and then adaptation. Okay. So I don't change. I just adapt. <laughs> so uh, am I correct in assuming that the business you're building is is a single person business, that you, you're not building it for a large staff? Or am I wrong? No, I'm not building it for a large. I'm building it for um, C-level executives mm -hmm. to uh, understand and resolve the, um, you know, the stress related incident. Incidents in their offices. Um, it is me only at this point. Okay. Now, eventually, yes, I would like to uh, bring other people on board um, and create my own mastermind program where I teach people uh, how to use this tool and then, you know, help them through the process or, or facilitate them through the process of implementing how you use the tool. But right now, it's just me. Just you. So as an entrepreneur starting out, what skill sets did you find you had to hire or collect to help you start your business? Well, what, what kind of people, businesses uh, were needed? Because, you know, people think, oh, I'm going to be a coach. I've got my coaching training. I'm ready to start business. Right. 
But <laughs> wait, what about the accounting and what, you know? Yes, yes. You've got the accounting, you've got the social media, you have the um, marketing aspects, which is basically a process by which um, you are able to develop campaigns that you implement where you don't have to, once you set the, the campaign in motion, you don't have to do anything else. Um, I have a legal advisor. I have a um, personal coach, mentor, who's taught me how to uh, use presentations or uh, speaking engagements as a way of connecting to my my target market. Okay. Okay. So, um, and there's there's others that I I'm trying to think of right now, but the, my web designer. Uh, you know, I'm constantly having to uh, make changes or put input in, in terms of what I would like yeah. my message to be on my website. So um, the first thing I had to learn, though, was, was <laughs> and I'm ashamed to say this, but was a business plan for what I was what I was wanting to do. Because it's ridiculous now when I think back that I thought I could do it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not the only one to approach a business that way. No, that's that's amazing. Because I think many many entrepreneurs underestimate the back office. I'm going to call it the back office requirements and how much of it, their time it's going to take, and how little many of us, uh, how little experience many of us have in those functions. Right. You know, I can't design a website. I you know that's just forget it <laughs> yeah. and and entrepreneurs need to understand that they're skilled at what they do but the kind of help that they need like you know i have a social media girl mm -hmm. she's a millennial and she's been working um on selling things on social media since she was 11 years old oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> and so she's doing all my social media kind of work i couldn't do that before when i started out i had absolutely no idea how much it was going to cost. <laughs> it, you have to have a budget. You have to go in with the understanding that you're going to need other people. And they're not just going to work for you out of the, you know, the, the, yeah, <laughs> the goodness of their heart. Nobody's doing it for free. They're no. not doing it for experience. They're exactly. not interns. So you, you have to set, as you go off and set your business plan for, an entre for being an entrepreneur, you have to... Um, understand the cost that's associated with it and when you come to the place where you say i can't afford that the answer is you can't afford not to if yeah. you want to be successful as an entrepreneur because it's a totally different thing being an entrepreneur and being a manager or, or a, a part of a larger organization yeah especially i think there's a handicap those people who who come from large organizations uh, uh, sometimes have taken uh, for granted the the back office work that's been done for them yep. until they have their own business and have to go through it. Well, okay. So tell me just briefly here, who is your typical customer that you want to get? So I want the person out there in the audience to know you're talking to them. Who is it? Okay. I want an executive who has um, no less than 50 and no more than 250 employees Okay. Um, underneath them or managers as well, you know, Whoever, I want to meet the people who have the, who manage the first line of contact with the customer. Because the employees, when you think about it, entry-level employees are the usually the first point of contact with customers. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know how to work effectively together to solve problems, then they're 
they're going to have a lot of issues and um and executives aren't prepared to you know to to manage that they just as soon you know let them fire them or you know let them leave but yeah but no i want those executives i also am looking for um an entrepreneur who are fellow entrepreneurs who are interested in understanding and learning more about themselves and how to people read. I have a people reading workshop um, that helps them understand, you know, it's like when they meet somebody, they have these, you know, these, these words, these descriptive words that they can use to read a person so that you understand what their primary style is. And if it's opposite from yours, um, you know, how to adapt. Okay. Because that, I, I worked with that a lot. Um, I had to, you know, I had to do it first to understand the value in being able to read people and being able to adapt so that you're, you know, you're, you're more effective in dealing with them. Uh, I, I can give examples. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You've, you've sort of given the size of company or, that you're looking to engage with. Any particular industry that you don't want to work with or that you do want to work with or that you think you're more uh, suited to work with? I'm most suited to work with call centers. Okay. Because that is my background. But I'm also looking for business offices who have, you know, less than... 250 employees mm -hmm. and um, are really interested in uh, total quality management because when I started putting it together one of the things my mentor said was people aren't going to know what total TQM means no, no. and I'm like then they're not my customer <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> they're not we're, we're not gonna you know we're not a good fit because they need to have an understanding of what it means to actually be a total quality management machine okay so let me take you in a different direction before we go to our commercial we've asked all of our guests what their guiding principle was well for me yes. it's faith first faith always first. um and then um knowledge is power is second and um integrity is not optional okay and um discretion is our promise so those are the four main I like that. That's nice. I like that. That's very nice. Wonderful. Okay. Well, look, uh, the producer's waving at me. He wants to run a commercial. So uh, we'll take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. And we're back. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, uh, there's so many places to go, but let, let me go back to something you said. You talked about reading people. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean by that? I, I'm getting a little nervous here. Are you going to read me here? <laughs> I've already read. You've already, already done it? Well, share it with the audience. First time I met you. <laughs> um, I think that you're probably a C okay. and um, an I because you're uh, people-oriented, but you're also a, a professional, you know, uh, detail-oriented. Uh, Want to make sure that anything that you do is right. But... Um, but when I have other other students, what I do is I give them an example. Okay, there are four different styles, and and, and we're talking about the disc the report disc. here now. Okay. Yes, and we're going to we're going to talk about each style and what they bring to the okay. table. Okay, so I I talked earlier about how when you put together people together, and expect them to just get along and work uh, cooperatively, that's that's a tall order for uh, any you know, any 
manager to do. So uh, one of the things that I do is I have um, the disc. It starts with a D and it's a dominating type of person, very results oriented. Um, they, uh, they don't always know that what they're saying or how they're saying it, it has an impact on um, their people because they just want to get the results. They like to be in positions of power where they're, you know, they're responsible for doing something extra, mm -hmm. extraordinary, and, and, you know, they're up for that challenge. Okay, so that's the D. And I talked about the C a little bit, but the C is competent, critical, correct, conservative. Uh, these are by the book types of people. They don't put anything out unless it has their approval. Um, and when you, when you put a D and a C in the same room, you are absolutely beginning the process of conflict because the D wants to get things done and the C wants to make sure everything is right. So they take a little bit longer in making decisions because they want to make sure that everything is right. Drives D's crazy because they just want to move on, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll wing it. You know, we we don't need to sit down and plan and analyze, you know, paralysis analysis. <laughs> uh, you know, they just want to get moving. And it's very difficult when they have to slow down to accommodate a C type of person. Um, now, an I, I type of person is the influencer. So they're the people person. Um, they are very social. They're... Um, they always have a smile on their face. You know, they're, they're the people that you see who are described as just positive energy. Um, and, um, you know, I'm not going to go into the, the neg negatives <laughs> of any of, the, any, any of these. But, um, and then the S. The S is steadiness. And the S basically are your worker bees. These are the people who like to stay in a job for a long time, learn how to do the job, and then do it right. Because they know, if this is how I'm supposed to do it, then I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to get this effect. And um, they don't like change, you know, because they like doing a job and mastering that particular job. So they don't like change, but they're also very um, calm and reserved kind of people. So if they have a problem with anything, they're not going to say it. They're not going to, you know say it to the people unless they've gone through the process of understanding uh, how that works. Um, I had a, I had an experience with one of my groups. Okay. Uh, this group was very D, <laughs> very D, very high, high sales expectations. You know, so if you're, if you're going to be in sales, it's good to have a high D um, and, and a high I. Um, because uh, without either, you know, without the ones that aren't there, then uh, if your D is not high enough, then you won't be able to close the sale. Not, right. won't be able to, but it'll be a challenge for you. Um, anyway, so I went and I did this training. And as I was going through the, um, the results, you know, telling them about, you know, the dynamic. I was doing a, a dynamics report for this group. And, you know, I, I showed them, you know, that this is a group of D's and D's and I's. But then, then I was uh, I, I was surprised to find one of the women uh, crying, <laughs> and I'm that was a first for me. I'm like, why are you crying? And she says because I've been trying to tell them for years 
how I need them to help me do their jobs. This was the admin aide, very high C. And when you get, you know, a group of salespeople together <laughs> and they have these high expectations, they expect everybody to be like them. Yeah, oh, of course, <laughs> we all do, no matter what style we have. <laughs> and she said that, you know, she was on the verge of quitting because they just didn't understand what was important to her or how they pre should present information to her or how to, um, you know, let her know exactly what she needs to know in order to support them um, well. Okay. I, um, would you classify certain... Yeah, you know, the certain of the the groupings, a DIS or C, would you say that they uh, apply to certain types of positions or to certain age groups? They you they usually um, not age groups, but okay. in so terms I can't say all millennials. No. Are, I'm trying to figure out an easy way to understand them. <laughs> hasn't been it hasn't been found yet. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I do find that uh, salespeople. Um, are usually very high eye because they're people people you sure. know they entertain they uh, tell jokes you know they're the people who are talking to you and in, in, in a checkout line you know and you're thinking oh, who is this person <laughs> you know uh, or in the elevator they're talking to you so they're very um, experienced at being um, charismatic for their customers okay so, but then, like I said, if their D is not above midpoint, then they're going to struggle with getting the um, getting the job done now, or getting the close. So, D's typically is is a sales kind of person, probably an entrepreneur also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you a D? I am a D, but I'm a higher I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, it's um, the thing that's most important to understand about D's is that they're not they're not as mean as they appear to be when I do the presentation because everybody when I'm doing the presentation and I'm describing a high D then they're all pointing <laughs> <laughs> they're all pointing to the D's in the room yeah. because you know like I said they don't they just want results they don't talk about you know personal feelings or sentiments or they are blatantly honest and so when they say something, it comes out of left field and they're just, you know, the other people are just floored. Can't believe this. And the D's walked away thinking, OK, well, you know, I got that done. Now, now, now let's move on. But if they don't understand it, then they're going to think that this person is just um, is mean, is overbearing, uh, you know, puts too much pressure or or is just not nice to people. Another thing I want to make sure that I make clear is that you do not want to pigeonhole any of the styles okay now what i have found in my 25 years experience is that um the s's and c's tend to be more alike and get along better and the d's and i's so you have that combination of the d and the i and the s and the c but every once in a while um you you come around like i like i came across a ds um, in one of my profiles just late late recently. Okay. And I'm like, now that is a combo that I have not ever, ever seen, you know? So, okay, so if you work with a group to be able to read, to understand what somebody is. So we had a conversation. You know how to use this tool. You quickly could identify that I'm a high I, high C. 
what does that mean? What, how do you use that then? Okay. What? Well, this is a good example as well. Okay. Now, I think that you're a C, but not off the charts C. Um, but if I'm dealing with an, a very high C, then I have to tame my enthusiasm. <laughs> I have to hold back. I can't ask them any personal questions about their family because they're just very private people. You know? okay. um, I have to give them the, the information that they need. So I have to make sure that I'm organized. And I'm not typically an organized person. And I would go up to a, my, an admin aide and say, okay, well, I need you to do this and this and this, you know, and inspect, in, expect it in 15 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and that's just not possible. So yeah. um, that that's how it usually comes out as far as the dynamics. Um, the D's and the I's are more outgoing and the S's and C's are reserved and quiet. So if you're able to identify somebody's preferred communication style then and you know your own then what what's your goal what do you do with that information then okay well i've i've had the opportunity to work with quite a lot of these okay <laughs> and so i understand how they think and i understand them when they say something that's just totally off the chart that they're not they're not intentionally trying to hurt me and so I act a little bit more aggressive, I'm sorry, assertive when I'm dealing <laughs> with them um, because these can be known as bullies. And bullies, you know, the, the thing about bullies is if you stand up to them, they're going to back down. Mm -hmm. And as far as a D, if you stand up to them and challenge them, then they're going to respect you. They will not necessarily agree with you. Um, but they're going to respect that you stood up and talked to them. So that's what I do when I'm dealing with D's is I just get to the point. I tell them the results that I want. And I tell them I've tried to get this to other people who have not been able to get it accomplished. So I'm working towards their ego and I'm working towards their challenges because that's what they like. Fellow eyes, obviously, we just have a good time, but we don't get a whole lot done. Um, if you've got a group has a lot of eyes in it uh, and they, they have meetings, they're not going to get anything done because they talk about everything. You know, they, they, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way that it goes. Mm -hmm. But my contention is that the perfect team is a D, I, S, and C. Oh, the you D, want all four. Yes. The D is for driven. They're going to get your result. They're going to push for the results that you want that, that will make them look good. The eyes kind of help everybody stay together and they relieve tension. You know, they usually joke about things. Um, they're just kind of the, the social director of a group. Um, the S's, you need to have S's. They're logical. They're um, incredibly intuitive. Um, they're very reserved though. And like I said, they're, they're not gonna stand up to a D or an I. And so that was one of the things that I need to teach the, the groups, especially the D's and I's, as I would say, you know, you've got the D's and I's here, but you guys have to understand, they're not going to give you information mm -hmm. unless you ask for it. And when you ask for it, you get the... Uh, the, the, the whole encyclopedia. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And not then the C is just going to make sure everything is correct. You know, um, but that dynamically, that's just a very hard group to manage unless you've been through my training. <laughs> ah, we come around to what you do. So um, 
so I'm hearing two things here. One is uh, by understanding my, my own communication style and being able to read yours, I can modify it so that we can communicate better. We understand each other better. Yes. I'm also, I sort of thought you slid in there that you feel that knowing people's communication styles will help you build a better team. That yes. You want to build a team that is diverse rather than a team that is all siloed into one style. Is that right? Yeah. Is that exactly. correct? Yes. Because if you get four people that are D, I, S, and C, what you need to do is you need to manage them through that and help them understand how they can. The third part of my work, or the fourth part of my workshop is adaptation. And so they leave with a personal development plan of how they're going to, in the future, deal with personalities that are different with them different for them oh i like that i like <laughs> that that's talk a little bit more about that that's, okay that's a, well yeah. when i my my second workshop is actually two there's there's just the the people reading which is understanding um being able to read a person mm -hmm. like within 60 seconds or less i mean if you're if you're if you know the disc you can do that because you know you've got the words in your mind the descriptions or adjectives in your mind did you do a quick read on our producer <laughs> Yeah, you had a few minutes before the show. You want to take a wild guess? I, <laughs> I, I'd never say he was a D. No. <laughs> no, I, I think he's an I, mm -hmm. um, or an S because he talked about his family. Okay. And S's are um, very family oriented, um, possessive sometimes, but if you if you bring them into the group and you ask their opinion, they're going to say something profound. You know, they're the kind of people who don't talk a lot, but when they do talk, people listen. Okay. And so, um, you know, my, my favorite style are the S's uh, because S's, they get along with everybody. You know, I do a compatibility reading for them, um, for my, my uh, students, mm -hmm. and I tell them, okay, this is what's going to happen when you get a D and a D together. This is what's going to happen when you get a D and an I. So I go through all of that in the second part of my people reading. Um, and then basically what I do in terms of the people reading is I have exercises that I give them that you know deal with different types, how people deal with the different types of, of personal styles. Okay. And so that's kind of like a test uh, for them to understand. Then we do a flashcard um, training or exercise where they have to say, you know, this is, okay, um, this person is eager, you know, what, what style is that, you know, so it's just kind of like a, a, a flashcard, you know, okay. um, and then uh, in the second part of it, we do the deep dive, and this is where we get to um, what motivates other people, um, how how am I currently dealing with these kinds of people? Because they always have somebody that they can put a style to, mm -hmm. always. Oh, sure. And m the most common question I ask is, you know, can I have one of those <laughs> profiles to give to my husband or wife? Okay. But I tell them the, the personal profile is a business tool only. You know, let the psychologist and psychiatrist deal with the personal aspects of your life. But when you take the profile, you need to be thinking in work, how you are in work. And um, did I answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't, I'm not sure I heard the answer to what does your second workshop cover? Okay. 
Um, it covers the the people. Um, the like I said, the flashcards. The yeah, okay, the that's in the second. Yeah, okay. that, that's that's the uh, identification. Um, I I know that there's something else, but it just escapes me for a moment. But it's a two it's a two part workshop, and my workshops are uh, two hours. Okay, so if if somebody participates in your workshop, they're going to come out of the this with a disc profile that uh, that tells them what their communication style is. That helps you're going to help them understand how to read other people's styles. You're going to give them some training on how to modify or work together with styles different than their own. Yes. Um, was that it? And then they leave with a detailed action plan. So they will leave with a person's name that has a particular style and how they're going to deal with that person in oh, the future. okay. So, okay. you know, you have to be able to adapt. And people often think, well, I'm not going to change. You know, I've been this way forever. Not, I'm not going to change. And, and nobody's asking you to change. It's just when you're dealing with the C, just be more specific. Give more facts. Um, don't, don't, oh, don't ever tell them that they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I so got a story how long about does that. this stick? <clears throat> how long? I mean, yeah, I mean, you have the workshop. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to say that I've been to lots of seminars, learned lots of stuff, and, you know, a month later, I am back to my old habits. Yes. <laughs> and that was one of the problems that I had when I worked for Xerox. I, yeah. I went in, I trained, everybody was happy because they learned the DISC language, and so now they're able to approach um, conflict uh, in a kind of a, a funny way because they'll be like, oh, oh, your D is showing. You better, you know, better watch your D is showing or, you know, your C is showing. So you just need to, you know, get to it, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Come up with them. We don't have a lot of time. Um, so that's the um, the training, that the training for the, the two, the second. I'm, I'm struggling because I'm trying to remember. There's the second part of the uh, people reading um, that is very interesting now what you need to understand is when i worked for xerox i just went in and i did the profile and then i facilitate the team building aspect because okay. there is a definite process a definite system for building a team not a disc team but a team of people that just come together and they need to work together and so you have to follow a system because they're going to go through very predictable stages of development. And as a manager, you need to understand that. You need to observe, and then you need to, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, basically adapt your style as well. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's a lot of information there. Look, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I remember nope. now. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you know what they are. Yeah. Um, they're going through the, st the stages of development. And then I, um, I helped the managers take them through all of the steps of building a good team. And then I left. I would leave. And I would always feel bad because there really wasn't any follow-up. Yeah. You know, I flew in, I did this training, and then I left. But this, I have follow-up. I have personal coaching. I have someone who takes my class can call at any time and say, listen, I'm dealing with this person, and this is what they're like. And then I'll say, okay, well, based on that, you know, this person is, is probably, you know, right. leaning towards this style. So I know what their style is. So I tell them, okay, this is how you want to deal with them. You know, if you don't want to, you know, have conflict, this is how you have to, you, you need to deal with them. So I'm 
on the back end, I'm very supportive and I like coaching people. And more than anything else, I would like to have, you know, people understand the language of DISC. And, you know, when you get people talking, you know, you're an I or you're an S or you're a C or whatever, it's just fun to watch the interaction go from, <laughs> you know, antagonistic yeah. um, and unproductive to being fun and working through their issues. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, look, as, as uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that we didn't get to or that I interrupted you on? <laughs> um, I have a way of going down oh, side trails here. Me too. <laughs> That's why I took notes. <laughs> um, probably for the manager, I really didn't talk a whole lot about the team building. Okay. I talked about the disc and yes. how you understand, but I didn't really talk about the team building. And when you get a group of people together, they're going to be very um, diverse. And so as a manager, you can expect them to be enthusiastic curious to get along with people you know yeah. everything is you know is good that's the forming stage and then you move to the storming stage which is where you know okay all bets are off you know um honeymoon is over <laughs> and now they have to start making decisions about things that matter and so they now they become deep deeply involved in uh conflict and so as a manager you have to understand how to manage through that conflict you also have to understand what uh, stage of development that they're in and what does the manager need to do in order to put them in the next stage. So I go through all of that. It's the, uh, it's situational leadership I got from Kenneth Blanchard. Oh yeah. And, um, and that's what I use. I, I use the, the uh, um, disc and I use the situational model, situational leadership model. Uh, and and then you know I have I've developed also I've developed uh, courses on conflict management, listening, you know, communication, uh, dealing there's with difficult of, people. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of spinoffs from understanding communication. Yes, exactly. Styles. Absolutely. Yeah. So, are you ready for clients now? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, audience, <laughs> the hotline's open. <laughs> call me. <laughs> call you. All right. So let's get down to that. How does somebody get a hold of you, Tina? Okay. Well, it's. Pretty much, I've tried to make it as simple as possible. It's my name. You type in my name, and it'll come up. So it's Tina DePayne, D as in dog, I, P as in Paul, A-N-E. And it'll take you to any one of my social media sites. My web address is tinadepayne.com. My email is tina at depayne.com. So you can get a hold of me in any, any way just by plugging in my name, and um, or they can call or text me as well. Wonderful. Great. <laughs> Well, Tina, thank you very much for taking time out of your, your startup efforts here and uh, sharing with us the DISC and, and what you're going to be doing. I think it's a great tool. I think that uh, uh, team building is something that uh, we never seem to get enough of it. Yeah. It's really great. And the relationship piece of it as well to yeah. stop people from, you know, leaving, good people from leaving. So retention. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. And welcome to the Coaching Perspective Radio Show community. Thank you. thank you. This was fun. Well, look, if you're listening to our podcast, then thank you for visiting our website, thecoachingperspective.com. Be sure to check out our archives for other shows with other guests. 
And speaking of guests, uh, if you'd like to be in the show, you can just drop me an email, Doug at thecoachingperspective.com, or you can uh, go to the website. There's a place to indicate uh, you want to be on our newsletter list or that you want me to contact you about being on the show. Well, look, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Our goal, as always, is to have discussions that provide you with new ideas and information that you can put to use immediately to identify and achieve your goals. I'll be back with you again next week. I'm still pushing the fact that it's a new time of 3 p.m. Uh, it's going to be new to me for quite a while because it was 4 p.m. for so long. So have a great evening. You've been listening to the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective, the coaching perspective with Master Certified Business Coach Doug DeFeller. 